0: Hello my friends, how are you today? Are you well? Things going good for you? Let me ask you something. Is it ever morally right to make a promise knowing that one has no intention of keeping it? If I consider at the moment when I make a promise that I shall be free to break it, Then according to Kant's first form of the categorical imperative, I should be willing everyone else to be free to make and break their promises. But Kant argues that this would make nonsense of the whole idea of making a promise. And it is therefore illogical to say that it is right to make a promise that one does not intend to keep was that little interesting tidbit, my friends? But you didn't think of that one. I know I didn't. Well, I hope everyone is doing well. I kind of wanted to shift gears and get back to language a little bit. I had an incredible weekend where I found myself in an altered state of consciousness thinking about language. And by altered state of consciousness, I mean, I ate nine grams of mushrooms. And I got to tell you, if you're going to go deep like that, you better be prepared. You better strap on your big boy shoes. You might want to get a waterproof jacket. Maybe a pair of safety goggles. Maybe a yellow vest. Well, here's what I got to thinking. Have you ever watched a YouTube, okay, no, no, let me start over. Have you ever watched TV, watched a movie, and yelled at the screen? Have you ever been like, I remember when I was a kid, I had my Uncle Bruce, we'd be watching a movie, and Uncle Bruce would always say, hey, you know what's going to happen? And he would tell you what was going to happen before it happened his wife, Annie Jane, she would always yell at the TV. Hey, they're behind the bushes. Hey, don't go over there. No, don't go home. The killer's at home. Oh no, you left your wallet. That guy's got a knife. That's a bad idea, don't do it. (laughs) You ever known someone like that? It's pretty funny, I think. And it was really funny to me, because when I was a kid, Uncle Bruce would tell Annie Jane, jesus jane just because you yell at the tv they can't hear you it's a tv i always thought it was funny and i remember thinking as a kid what if the people on tv could actually hear you you know what if you were some sort of divine voice from the heavens that helped those poor people on tv change their reality You know, it's, it's interesting to think about, right? You're like, yeah, George. It's interesting, but it, you can't do it, dummy, so why do you even talk about it? Well, I think you can do it. You can do it in today's age, and let me give you an example. I was watching a YouTube video. It was a live show, and while I cannot use my voice, they can't hear my words in an auditory fashion however I can leave a comment in real time is that the same as yelling at the TV or talking to the TV or giving advice to the people on TV I think so I think it's, it's interactive that way and what does that mean in a weird way in an abstract thought It's almost as if we are in the future and you can talk to your television and inform people of what's about to happen to them. And that brought me to the next phase of my dimension in language. For those of you that don't know, you should go back and check out a previous podcast where I have talked about adding a suffix and a prefix to language in order to make our language more effective. And let me be clear. I think the issue with language is ambiguity. It doesn't matter how many words you add. It doesn't matter how many concepts you add. We already have enough words. In fact, our, our reach exceeds our grasp when it comes to language. A lot of people have capitalized on the linear quality of print and it has narrowed our view to a point where we can almost no longer function. We're being strangled by our language. So my original idea was to add another dimension to language by using a suffix and a prefix that would denote intent I think intent is something that would free us from the the bind of ambiguous language and let me be clear I think that intent is something that could free us from the weasel words used in user agreements insurance and other sort of and other sorts of language used in maritime law. There's a lot of people that work really hard on using language to make sure they're never responsible for anything. That is a huge problem. There's a lot of people who spend a lot of time trying to make people safe through language. And in doing so, we have found ourselves left with a language that is no longer truly effective for communicating what we mean. So I wanted to add to that theory today. So we have adding a prefix and a suffix that denotes intent. I think in order to truly add to to the language, we need to be able to... In order to add to the language, we, we need to be able to actively participate in something while simultaneously viewing it from an outside perspective. I'm going to say that again because it's a difficult concept to think of and I believe that it truly represents another dimension of language. Can you think of something that you can actively participate in while simultaneously viewing it? Let me know what you guys think. Have you have you thought of anything yet? I would argue that the Example I gave you about yelling at the TV or Interacting on a live show is something that you can Simultaneously participate in and Actively view from outside from a third-person point of view. I think that is another dimension of language Now you're probably thinking to yourself wow george that's pretty fascinating how does that tie into everyday life like how would we use that concept and why would that dimension of language be important why would that particular concept if you could even come up with a a language to describe that why would that be important well First off, it's a great question. Thank you for asking. It would be incredibly important in that if you look at our court system, there's usually a witness, a defendant, and a plaintiff. Now, the witness may have saw the event and may side with the plaintiff. Or the witness may have seen the event and side with the defendant. Another reason that that would be important is that if we were to use this particular dimension of language, we could use this to clean up user agreements. We could use this to clean up the ambiguous language. We could use it to clean up contract law. And you would do that by using this suffix and prefix that used intent additionally if you were able to participate as well as view from a third person i think that when you spoke of the event that you participated in and that you viewed simultaneously and then could sign off on that contract both people could use this form of language to participate in and view and sign off on and that would take away the ambiguity. That would be the very intent people need to decide who is wrong and who is right without going into a court of law. I think it could help do away with a lot of the political correctness. I think it could help to do away with a lot of the Litigations about language. I think it would go a long way in allowing common people To negotiate their way through life Knowing that they have a Fair And equal Opportunity with someone who has a lot more money than them. Does that make sense? If I am going to go into negotiations with a multinational corporation, clearly the amount of money they have to spend on attorneys is vastly superior to mine. And if you look at justice, if you look at the law, you can clearly see that anybody who is a multimillionaire can get off not go to jail for committing crimes as someone who doesn't have their resources. They're not gonna face the same penalty as someone who doesn't have the same resources as them. With a little bit of change in our language, we could right that wrong. That would be the main focus of another dimension of language. Let's talk a little bit about how you come up with a new kind of language. Let me try to walk you through creating a new linguistic pathway. How does one come up with a new linguistic pathway? Well, first off, it's imperative to understand there's no new ideas. You can't have a new idea, but you can rearrange variables in order to create something different. Think about the Pythagorean Theorem. A squared plus B squared is C squared. However, A squared plus D squared is not C squared. If you call my phone number, you get me. If you change one number and that set of numbers, you, get some, you could get someone on the other side of the planet. The dog bit George. George bit the dog. See, all I did was change the sequence of some variables in those three examples. And you have a radically different outcome. A lot of people get caught. A lot of people make the mistake of beating their head against the wall trying to come up with a new idea. You can't. However, you can change the variables and equations to come up with something different. It's imperative to understand this point so that when you think about language, you understand how to think about language. Another key point, I believe, is to go back to the previous alphabets and understand that in the Hebrew alphabet and the Greek alphabet, every letter had a corresponding number. You see, that particular set of symbols was doing double duty. It was numerical and alphabetical. When we think about that, it's easier to, if you can understand that, then you could use the numerical aspect of the alphabet to come up with different concepts. You can use a sort of geometrical pattern for language. And I would also argue that proper language promotes a proper community. I would also argue that language that has been chopped up or pigeonized or been left alone to decompose into a sort of weaker form of language creates a weaker form of community I'm sure most of you are familiar with the Sapir-Whorf theory so I won't go into that now however I really want to dig in to the numerical aspect of the alphabet. If you can use geometry to make words, how would that fundamentally change the society, the environment in which we work? A lot of people say that mathematics is a true language. If that is the case, how do we apply mathematics to our alphabet? I think there's a pattern there. I think that there's a theory there. And I think that there's a a formula we could follow to get the proper names of things. I think everything has a name. And if we could create a formula to understand the actual name of things, then we could see more clearly. We could provide better lifestyles. We could live a more harmonious life. We could truly begin to understand the environment around us. You could argue that's what computers are doing. They're using a system of ones and zeros, not letters. And while technology makes things better for us, I don't think you want to lose the alphabetical aspect of it. I think just using mathematics while Elegant in its ability to explain Is limited in its ability to explain Right we get back to dimensions like the mathematical dimension of language is Something that computers do really well The alphabetical aspect or dimension of language is something that we as humans do well And instead of splitting, instead of using computers for the mathematical language and humans for the alphabetical language, I think it's imperative that we intertwine the two. You know what I mean? Okay, let me give you this example. I know people are listening, so it's going to be difficult for me to show you what I'm talking about. However, I am going to try. I want you to take your finger and draw a square in the air. Have you done that? Now, you can put your finger down. Hey, don't don't point that thing at me. It's got a nail in it. Okay, so look at your square. Now, while you can't see a cube, you could envision the cube, right? You just have to add a few more lines. Everybody knows how to do that, right? You take your square, and then you draw another square starting in the middle of your square. Okay, So, so let's just do it together. Draw your, draw your first square again, okay? Now in the middle of your square, put your finger, draw down, and go below... The bottom of your first square and then make a right angle and then make another right angle up and then make the last right angle to the left completing your square now connect the corners together and you have a cube you see what you've just done there is you have hopefully hopefully what we've done there is we have created a linguistic pathway from a square to a cube. You could do it again and you could create a tesseract, which would be the next dimension. So we've gone from a one dimension, the square, to the third dimension, a cube, And while we haven't drawn it, some of you who are aware have gone to the fourth dimension drawing a tesseract. Now there's a mathematical formula that goes from a square to a cube. And I believe that that mathematical, mathematical formula is something we can apply to our language that will help us better understand, negotiate, and see the world in another dimension using our language. You see, our ability to see the next dimension is already here. The same way that the cube was already there with the square. The same way that the tesseract was already with the cube. The other dimensions are already here. It's our limited ability in language to describe that dimension. Many people interact with that dimension. Many people have found ways to see into that dimension, but no one has found a way to use our language to describe that dimension. And once we do that, Once one person finds the way to formulate language to see the next dimension, we will be able to solve the problems of our planet that have been plaguing us for generations. It's going to happen. The fact that I'm thinking about it and have spoke to other people about it means that it's already out there. It's just waiting for someone, begging for someone to figure it out. Once we do make this next move, I think that we will see exponential growth in our abilities to solve problems, in our abilities to move forward, in our abilities to produce goods and equality for everyone. It goes without saying that the potential for military applications would also be exponential. It's interesting to me that the tech companies have yet to figure this out. They have become so focused, so narrowly focused on these abstract ideas of merging humans with computers that they've gotten away from the very thread that combines us and that is language. This is kind of a rough, a rough outline of a lot of what I've been thinking about. So I ask you to bear with me while I think this through and I welcome every one of your comments, please. On this particular topic, whether you're uh, listening to this on Facebook or if you're listening to this on Stitcher or Apple or Spotify, please, for this particular podcast, please leave your comments In the comment section, I think that this is something that all of us Every person whether You know wherever you live or where whatever your race or your gender or Whatever it is This is something that all of us are going to be able To get a lot out of I believe that this particular Idea Is something that's going to move us all forward I believe that we are in a situation right now where if we don't figure out what the fuck is happening, there's going to be a lot of problems. I believe that this idea of transforming our language, and let me be clear, I believe that this idea of using another dimension in language... Is going to be the key that frees us from the chains of history this will be the transcendental object at the end of time the great equalizer and I need your guys help here I I, I honestly believe in the next dimension of language and I think the next dimension of language is going to be the harmonizing Of mathematics with the alphabet. The next dimension of language is going to strip away the ambiguous blanket of plausible deniability that everyone is hiding behind. It's going to strip away this layer of fear and it's going to allow everyone to understand that We are each other We are each other Much like changing the sequence To come up with a new idea each person is The same person It's just that the sequence of DNA is a little bit different not much Not much at all. In fact, you could argue that every Every person on the planet every being on the planet is made up of the ACTG language and that like a slight variation in that DNA sequence has made us have Incredibly different attributes and think about that when you're thinking about this puzzle of language Language is the answer the world is made of language it's all around us. The answers to what we're seeking are seeking us. And if you take some, just take a few minutes to begin understanding what the world could be like if we chose to describe it in a different manner. If, we, if one of us can just translate this next dimension of language, we could solve a lot of problems. We could become the world that all of us want. And make no mistake about it, I think that the majority of people want the same things, they just have different ways of going about it. We are all so stubborn, we are all so transfixed on these ideas of making the world a better place that we forget we're all in it together. It's all of ours. We need to understand how to communicate better. We need to understand that we all have similar thought patterns. We need to understand that we all have similar dreams. We need to understand that no matter how different you think you are, if you were to go and spend some time with someone and their family, to whom you are diametrically opposed, if you could spend a week with them, I'm willing to bet that they would win you over, maybe not in the battle of ideas, but they would win you over in getting you to understand that they're not this evil being. You know, so many of us spend so much time focusing on the negative aspects of Whatever it is we hate, whatever it is we don't like, and we don't realize by doing that, you're inviting that very thing into your life. When you sit back and you say, man, all these color people are this. Yeah, you're right. It's imperative to understand whatever you say is your truth. And if you look for those patterns, you will find them. That's the magical part of language and the magical part of life, what you're looking for, if you work hard enough, you can find it. It's there. And if you choose to focus on anger and hate and disruption and and greed and and becoming the very pinnacle of whatever it is, you can do it. And I want you to do it. But understand that is that really what you want to invite in your life? You know, if if, I, if someone says, listen, all these white people are, are horrible conquerors and savages, dude, there's plenty of evidence to support that. Just like there's plenty of evidence to support that, hey, all these people over here are dumb and lazy. You could find all that evidence. Look no further than the scientists that pro, that that proved to the world smoking was good for you. The science is there. Numbers don't lie, but you can make them say whatever you want unless we tie numbers to language and they've already been tied there. Look at the Greek alphabet. Look at the Hebrew alphabet. What is the mathematical relationship to the English alphabet? I think once we solve that, I think once we could apply the number and mathematics and geometry of the Greek and Hebrew alphabet to other alphabets We could formulate a pattern or a sequence to other alphabets a recipe a recipe for Using the language to describe a world in which we want to live I love you guys This is kind of a rough one. I'm throwing it out there. This is me just kind of thinking off the cuff. It's another dimension of language. And I need your guys' help on this. Please leave a comment somewhere. I could use everybody's feedback. This is not something I came up with. This is something that the world told me. This is something that I've been beginning to see. And this is something that everybody can do if if you find yourself in a position at a college or a high school or a middle school or you are involved in linguistics of every kind and you want to write a paper on this idea by all means take this idea and use it this isn't my idea this is just an idea that i think can make the world better and there is i have talked to so many of you that are way smarter than me that have a better understanding. And maybe my part is getting this out there to someone. Maybe my part is handing this off. Maybe my part is seeing the kid in Canada or the guy in Costa Rica that's wide open and I pass him the ball. I love you guys. Please comment on this. Please get at me and please move this ball forward. I love you guys. Aloha.